Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Why would you refer your patient for allergy testing? Whether you are seeing a dog or a cat that has allergies, I want you to really understand why you would recommend allergy testing. This is really important. Let me start off by first saying at this point, we do not suggest food allergy testing. Food allergy testing has not really been shown to be very useful for us be very accurate. Really, you have to do a good elimination diet trial. Even some of the studies that have shown maybe if you see a negative um, result on a specific allergy test for food or patch testing, maybe that gives you more confidence that it may be a good protein for a diet trial, but that really depends on the test and ultimately you end up doing a diet trial. So I would just get a really, really good history um, of what that pet has been on to do a novel protein diet or hydrolyzed diet. So at this point, I would not recommend doing food allergy testing. And why we are so adamant about that is owners really, really want results. So they live and breathe by that piece of paper even if I, as a specialist, and they come to see me very nicely say, oh, that's controversial, I wouldn't really read too much into it, they still, even when I start talking about diet trials, they really, really cannot let go of that result they have for that pet. And it may be completely bogus, honestly. So it's really important that we're only spending money on tests that are really helpful for us because allergies are very expensive. Now, when we talk about environmental allergy testing, that is very useful for us. However, that is not a diagnostic test. So we don't refer a pet to a dermatologist or we don't run a serum panel in clinic to see whether or not that dog is environmentally allergic or that cat is environmentally allergic. We know based on the rule outs that that pet is environmentally allergic or has atopic dermatitis or feline atopic skin syndrome. So that is extremely important because if you run an allergy test for the environment on a normal pet, honestly, you're gonna probably get some positive results because it doesn't, they may have a reaction if you inject something into their skin. They may have an elevated level of IgE depending on which serum panel you run, and there's only some that are helpful. But if it doesn't clinically affect them and give them symptoms of atopic dermatitis, it doesn't really matter, right? If I allergy tested a dog and they were allergic to 12 things, but they are not itchy, they're not getting infections, It doesn't really matter if their skin reacts when I inject it. It matters that they're showing me clinical signs of the disease process. So if I have an owner who comes in and say we have done the diet trials, we have them on good flea prevention, we know that this pet is environmentally allergic or has atopic dermatitis and they do not want to do immunotherapy, 
I don't suggest that they allergy test. It is not helpful in most cases to allergy test and try to avoid. Very, very, very rare. Most of the time when we allergy test, we get multiple positives of things that are ubiquitous in our environment. So these things are everywhere and they're not really anything that the animal can avoid. So the reason that we allergy test is we already know this pet has atopic dermatitis, environmental allergies, and we are allergy testing for the purpose of putting them on immunotherapy because we're trying to desensitize that pet long-term because we know that they can't live in a sterile bubble and they're going to get exposed to these things in the real world. And even if it's not in their immediate environment, there have been pollens that have been tracked for thousands of miles. So there's dust mites, you know, there's things that are everywhere. Even if it's not just the grass in their yard they walk on, these pollens are getting really, really blown everywhere. Dust mites, storage mites are everywhere. And so we do immunotherapy with the purpose of teaching a pet's immune system to not be so reactive to these things because they see it all the time in their immunotherapy. Desensitizing, that's why we say that. We're desensitizing them to it because their immune system sees it on a frequent basis. Luckily, pets don't really tend to have reactions as often as humans do. It certainly can happen, but it's not that common. So we can have owners give this therapy at home, which makes it much, much easier for them. So, you know, intradermal testing, if I have to select, that is my preference. I think there's something to be said about injecting something into the skin, the organ that's having the problem and seeing what happens. I will combo test in, in pets if, if, Financially, it's not a concern to do and just collect as much information on their immune system as possible because that is ultimately what I'm going to formulate their immunotherapy with. I have certain cases where say they're on steroids for some reason or there's a reason we can't sedate or they are a very long-haired coated dog and there's just no way that owner is going to allow us to shave them. We will sometimes just run serum panels for environmental allergy testing. And there is a lot of literature and a lot of debate about the pros and cons of both of those. Where I would caution you if you're going to decide to run serum panels in clinic is first of all, look at the literature and know the particular companies that have a lot of validation um, for their particular techniques. None of these tests are perfect. Um, you know, you can get false positives and negatives. You have to feel comfortable if you're going to do that testing. One, we're not going to do food. <laughs> Two, um, when you do the testing, that you're going to feel um, there's going to be guidance as far as that pet's history to selecting things for their immunotherapy. If I have a pet who really only flares in, say, the summer, like that is going to make me really want to focus on different ingredients in their immunotherapy, even if they show us, you know, things that may be present in the winter. Well, if they're not clinical, maybe I don't mind as much. So that's where you have to be careful as far as selection of antigens as it really comes down to their history, what they're clinically showing us. You also have to feel comfortable allergy testing to know you're going to do immunotherapy. So again, don't just spend a few hundred dollars on an allergy test to have those results. If the owner doesn't want to do immunotherapy, I personally would not recommend allergy testing. And I do this in my clinic. If they come in to see me and we decide that they don't want allergy tests for various reasons, I tell them not to allergy test because if they're not going to do immunotherapy, it's just a lot of finances that are not going to help us. So even as a specialist, I sometimes don't have owners do allergy testing and don't recommend it because they, you know, financially, emotionally, 
um, their decision just it's not the right one to allergy tests to do the immunotherapy the rest of their lives. Remember, this is a therapy that can take 12 to 18 months just to see if it works. And then at that time period, it we say like 65 to 70% of dogs respond to immunotherapy. That doesn't mean that 65 to 70% of them end up on nothing else. And maybe they still need their medications like cytopoint injections, but they don't break out as readily or we don't need them as often. So owner's expectations on what immunotherapy looks like is really important. A lot of times our dogs are on combination therapy where they still need other things, but we can just tell overall the progression of the disease is not getting worse, that they're not needing as many things like antibiotics, um, as many doses of medications that that they used to. So it is important for the expectations of our owners to be met as far as what that really does mean. And so ultimately, I want to make sure that you guys are doing it for the right reason and feel comfortable starting it, but also continuing it and manipulating it. You're often still going to be doing other things, right? You're still going to be managing infections. You might have to manipulate the immunotherapy dosing. And that's why dealing with immunotherapy is not straightforward and something you have to have practice at and feel comfortable doing. We start out with certain doses, but we may need to do smaller, more frequent injections. We may have to... Um, you know, take a break, dilute, switch to something like sublingual immunotherapy. There are some dogs that do better with sublingual and cats who do better with sublingual as far as the owner administering it, or they have reactions to the injectable ones. You know, what does that look like? How often do you give it? So it is something that's an interesting art form. It's not a straightforward therapy. And so when we think about doing allergy testing in the clinic or referring to it, I really encourage you to make sure owners know why they allergy test, that we're not sending them in to allergy test for diagnosis. We're sending them in because they're interested in that long-term therapy. They're interested in desensitization. They're interested in trying to stop the progression of disease or use less medications in the long run. You know, if you have owners who are really committed to that, it's pretty amazing how well they can do on immunotherapy and how much it really can benefit us, especially if we're seeing these pets, you know, at a younger age, if they are having to, you know, need things like apical and cytopoint year round, if we can't just use it for one season, then I really encourage you to plant that seed in the owner's ear that something like allergy testing and immunotherapy can be be a great option just to kind of halt the progression of those symptoms to not become the pet that gets methicillin resistant staph. But we definitely want to know why we're allergy testing, that we're doing it for selection of immunotherapy. What does immunotherapy mean? If you are going to decide to do immunotherapy in your practice, do you feel comfortable manipulating that dose if you need to? Do you feel comfortable watching for patterns of itchiness? Do you feel comfortable still doing all the other things we have to do with allergies? Making a decision in a year, year and a half, if that's helped that pet or not. These are all things you have to feel comfortable with. It's a lot. It's a ton of things that we ask our owners to do. And that's why if you can, I do recommend referral to dermatologists to manage things like immunotherapy because there are lots of different things that we have to consider in getting these pets to be treated successfully in the long term. And we are talking about chronic disease, so we want to set them up for success. You know, not just refer them when they're getting really nasty methicillin resistant staph infections, but me poor me uh, be more proactive, excuse me, at preventing that from even occurring. So I think it's extremely important because I do get some of these cases referred to me to 
see, quote unquote, if they have environmental allergies through allergy testing, but that's not how we do it. We do it knowing that they are allergic to the environment and we want to start them on that long-term desensitization with allergen-specific immunotherapy. So I hope you guys find that helpful. If you like hearing these podcast episodes, please, I encourage you to go leave a review. Um, It's really, really beneficial just to reach more people with this platform so we can help more itchy pets. If you're not a fan of the podcast, it's okay. You don't have to worry about it.